Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a common misconception that drinking eight glasses of water a day is enough for healthy hydration. But sweat consists of water and sodium, which means that you need water plus electrolytes to stay properly hydrated. Thankfully, there are products like Element that have all your electrolyte needs covered. You can try an Element Recharge Sample Pack by going to drinklmnt.com slash joytaylor for only the cost of shipping. Maybe I'm crazy, but the pressure's on, Giannis. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks for joining us today. Marcus Thompson, writer for The Athletic, writer of many books, including the book on Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, joins us from the Bay today to discuss all things NBA, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets, and the NBA postseason. Who has the most pressure on them? Is it Giannis? Is it Harden? We'll discuss. Plus, we will catch up with Crazy Gang, but let's get started with Marcus Thompson. Very excited to have Marcus Thompson from The Athletic, a famed writer on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, writer of books, writer of articles, and an OG covering the NBA. Um, mentioned on The Herd yesterday that you don't have an MVP vote, which I think is egregious. You know, uh, some I just got to grow up. You know what I'm saying? I got to get good enough to feel worthy of MVP <laughs> I, for you, it's my fault. Let me tell you why it's my fault. Okay. Because when I had one, when I was a beat writer, I didn't value it. Like I valued it, like, but I, you know, I waited to the last minute, you know, like I, I, sh- I, I should have valued it more when I had it. And you know what they say, you know, you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. They do uh, say that. So yeah, that, I, I'm going to put that on me that, uh, that it's, it's my fault I didn't value it when I had one and like I wasn't like making it up but it's like oh yeah last minute all right let me focus on the MVP and defensive player of the year but I wasn't all I spent more time thinking and talking about MVP now than when I actually had the vote well I feel like the MVP it's I don't know that it's changed but the conversation around the MVP definitely changes every single year as far oh, yeah. as what the criteria is uh the year that the Russ wanted, it was like, I feel like we talked about it every day. Yes. And this oh, year we bear, we haven't really talked about it that much. Um, and certainly not at the level that we did for Russ, um, mm-hmm. even for Giannis. Um, it's just become one of those things where the definition of what the MVP is, is really dictated on the stories and the narrative and that kind of bothers me. Like if it's the best statistical season for the player with the like best record and best statistical season, just have it be that every single year, but like the criteria changes. So you said on the herd that who are you going with? Well, who did I say? I said, I would go with Nikola Jokic. Yeah. You said I you think. were going with Jokic. Yes. Yeah, you did. I think I was going to call because if I said Steph, then I'm just the Homer. Like, Oh, you wrote his book. You, you know, you know, actually, uh, 
Jokic is Jokic is the MVP, and I'm swept up in the narrative, right? But but you're here's why you're right. It's not even just that there are like four or five parameters, right? It's best player on the best season, like best player, best statistical year, who's doing something outstanding, which is why Russ won, right? The year he won, he said the triple double thing. So it's all these parameters. The crazy part is each voter gets to choose their parameter. So it's not like even every year we're saying, all right, this year is going to be about statistical dominance. It's like half the voters will say statistical dominance. Half the voters are going to vote for, you know, the best best record. And it's just cha- like you don't even know what yeah. it is. You got to you kind of have to have your own ethics about it. And, er- and everybody does that. So that's why it's it's kind of weird. I, I would be totally loyal to Damian Lillard or Steph Curry if 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 i had a vote but but the logic in me says like we haven't seen Jokic do what he's done and like this is now it's the battle between eye test and analytics right that's what we're talking about like it's, the reason we are talking about it is because Jokic ain't the sexy name and people don't even know how to say it he but- isn't sexy <laughs> he's having an incredible season but like they're the three seed right and I mean, would they be in the playoffs if he wasn't there? I, th- I think they would. So what is valuable? I think that's the question around the award. And, and, and to me, that's what's taken away from the, the luster of the MVP award in the, in the NBA is that like, it changes every single year. The definition of what value is like, it's just, is it like the, it's like the best story award. That's yeah. A lot of it has to do with narrative. I mean, the truth is like, LeBron should have about 10 of these things. Of course. George should have had like 10 of these things. Like we all know what's happening. We all know who the best player is, but it's, you know, voted like Giannis. Giannis ain't even in a discussion. He's having one of his best years, but he he's basically banned because he's already <laughs> won it twice. You know what I'm saying? So these are these unwritten rules. Like it's, it's, it is kind of a mess, right? It's all like final finals MVP is worth is worse it's like 10 dudes who vote on finals mvp like they just they just walk I, by I like, feel like i feel like finals mvp usually gets it right though it's 11 dudes like it's 11 it's 11 people who get to vote on it it's not like an exhaustive debate and then they hand you the they hand you a sheet of paper in the fourth quarter of the deciding game and you gotta like write it in on the spot like that that's <laughs> to me that's the most janky one it, it I was like, is this how janky. it goes down? It's like, yo, just somebody come hand you a piece of paper and everybody doesn't get it. It's just like, yo, oh, you get the vote, right? You you one of the people who get the vote. So you'll get your sheet on a row where everybody looking at you like, uh, how, how, how come you get the vote? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so then, then you got to like write in your vote, people looking over your shoulder. Oh, you wasted the vote. And that, the reason that's weird, because you it's hard not to get swept up in a narrative on that. Like, yeah, you're doing it public. It's like, okay, yeah, everybody's saying this, so let's do this, right? So it's kind of MVP is the most the jankiest setup to me. I, I just think you need more people. Like, number one, you need more people. So I this has probably been my favorite year of Steph's career because everybody doubted Steph at the beginning of the season. There's all this talk about how you know he's not gonna be able to carry them and you know, just a little bit of Steph hate, which I get. Um, I'm not a hater, so I don't participate in that. I think Steph's always been a dynamic player that is fun to watch. And I think some people like to marginalize him because, you know, he's a babyface assassin. You want to, you want to think of sports as like 
tough and you know all his facial hair or whatever and the big facts <laughs> and that's not what Steph is um although I will say when it comes to to the NBA in general and this is just a side note because I'm arguing about alpha and beta males on Twitter today um if Steph ran full speed into like 90 percent of the men in existence like in the United States of America it would knock you on your ass and you would have bruises all over your body for the next week. Like Steph bangs around with giant ass men with yes. no pads yes. on their body day, day in and day out for decades. So he is tougher than you, even if he doesn't look it. That aside, uh, this has been my favorite year of Steph's career. What, when you look at this year and everything that's happened and him getting them into the, into the play-in tournament, they play tomorrow night against the Lakers. How, how do you view this year as far as how it contributes to Steph's legacy? I definitely think it's his most gangster, right? It's his most like, what, what, what was you saying? Like, it was, well, what did you have to say type year? It's funny too. You bring up an excellent point about how we just like our sports stars. Like we want a little bit of poverty mixed in. Like Steph got two MVPs, three championships. And he carried a, a like a, a bad team to the eight seed. Everybody's like, yo, this is the stuff I like, the gangster stuff, right? To take on the world. It's weird because uh, I think he had to get here. That's why I like this. He had to get here mentally. He had to get to a place where he felt like, yo, this is winning. Because Steph is going to do whatever it takes to win. That's his thing. Like his daddy taught him that. It's all about winning. But he he's had a problem with this idea of him being the central force. You know, the Warriors kind of like, you know, you know, they turn their nose up a little bit at this type of play. Like, they don't think this is winning basketball. So for Steph to, like, do it is him changing his mindset. Steph's like, yo, all right, I'm going to be a gangster this year. Like, he, he literally said, I'm the MVP. Like, who is this dude now, right? He got <laughs> muscle. Like, he talking crazy. That's why I like this, Steph, because he finally is gangster. I've been kind of wishing for this, because behind the scenes when you talk to him, Steph is down for a little banter, right? But then he he goes public and he, you know, he's very, you know, he crafts his image. He wants to be clean and professional. And I think he's getting older now. He got hella kids. So he like, yo, I'm a grown man. <laughs> I got a wife and kids. I, maybe I don't need to like hold back as much. So I hope this is the beginning of like petty Steph who don't care, who going for the throw. Like, like we saw with Kobe, right? Kobe got to that point in his life where he was like, yo, I don't care, I'm saying it. And if we get that with Steph coming through, like 35-year-old Steph who will hit a 30-footer in your face and, and talk crazy about it in the postgame, I'm here for all of that. So I, I love the gangster of Steph this year because normally Draymond is his gangster. Draymond is the hype dude who talk ahead on his behalf. But Steph is like, nah, I, I can kind of do it myself now. So that, that's why I love it. You, you're so right. We love that about our athletes, right? That's what we want. Well, I call it struggle competition. Yes, it's a struggle. That's literally what it is. We feel it's, better when they struggle. Well, I mean, it's also it's just a thing that that permeates throughout the culture, right? Like, I don't think it's it's necessarily. I don't know. I, I don't know that you see it so much uh, amongst white people, but it is a thing where, like, it's like you it, if you had you know an NBA father. You know, you didn't have it as rough as everybody else. So talk how, talk you know, you own, how, it. you own it. How tough can you really be? How gangster can you really be? And why do you have, to, you know, you have to be gangster, right? Like you have to, you have to have that edge to you. 
in order to get the respect in certain situations. So no question. And 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 then it's like levels, like, well, you know, maybe you had a rough childhood, but you didn't gangbang. And then maybe you, you know, you gangbang, but but you ain't really, you know, it's just, you know, you really out there. it's like, yeah, it's yeah. all, it's like levels and levels and levels. And then like, you know, God forbid you go corporate. So Steph has mm-hmm. always faced that kind of, I think, um, judgment, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Judgment or, or, or like preconceived, uh, assumptions about who he is. And I'm not saying Steph is an actual gangster. Obviously no one's saying that, but his level of play has superseded that for the most part until this year. I think I agree with you. This is this has been a, a gangster year for Seth. It, it's actually the, the funny part is because he's dealt with it all his life on top of like having NBA parents, on top of always being like super little, right? Steph was little coming yeah. up. Like he would wear a medium jersey and that thing was hanging off like curtains. Right. And then he's light skinned. Right. He's, he's the little pretty boy, young face, lightweight. Like he's a mark when you're playing hoop growing up. Like he's a mark. It's like, yo, I'm about to bully this dude. He's been dealing with that so much all his life that I think it has made him like a gangster. He does have that in him where you, you just don't see it with Steph. Like you see it in Russell Westbrook. Like he's coming for your neck. Right. Steph is too. He just gonna dance after he do it, right? It ain't gonna like he gonna sneak up on you. It ain't gonna be like I'm coming for you. It's gonna be like, hey man, it's great. I, it's wonderful playing with you. I love the competition. This is beautiful. This is what it's all about. I'm about to drop sixty on you in front of your whole family. <laughs> but like, yo, I just love the spirit, right? Like, it's just so different. I had a player tell me like Steph more gangster than a lot of these dudes because he's been dealing with this all his life. Like yeah, it makes every sense. every step he had to go to the hood to play hoop can you imagine this rich kid from the other side of the tracks with daddy nba going to the good ball across the tracks in the hood you don't survive that if you're not gangster right you you start and playing lacrosse not, and, if, <laughs> and if you're not good yes great. absolutely you great be good is not the right adjective great yeah you gotta great. be great clay's Speaking. the same way by the way like he's you know dad in the oh NBA. yeah but clay, but clay i think I think because Clay is known for being such a great defender. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the Clay. I don't know the Clay faces too. it as much. Nah, yeah, I don't know if he gets big. it as much as Steph. He's got the he's he's got the physical part. Like Steph, Clay's big. Like he's six foot seven. He's a he's a big dude. You right though. People, I remember my wife. My wife is like five one, and she met Steph, and she was surprised at how big he was. Like, yo, he's tall. It's like, yo, this dude's in the NBA. Like, he's yeah. little next to the seven footer, but. I it's, looked up um, at Steph. He's tall. Like it's, he's not a little dude. Like he's he's actually a sizable guy. Yeah, he looks small next to guys who are seven two. Yeah, yeah. And six he looks nine. Small next to Bron, but like next <laughs> right. to a dude at Starbucks, like you, you <laughs> Steph's gonna be like, yo, who's that dude? What he play? And then he's like this physical freak, right? Like Steph, one of the people who can't not work out. So He's like this physically, like his endurance is crazy. He's going to be one of dudes who's 75, like in leotards, riding the cycle up a hill, right? You like, you're honking for him to get out the way, but he's like, yo, I gotta, I gotta climb this mountain. Like that's Steph. So he's, he's six foot three. He's like physically ridiculous. And they've been trying to bully him all his life. Like he's kind of built for this. Marcus is the author of the best-selling biography, Golden, The Miraculous Rise of Steph Curry. So he, he does know what he's talking about when it comes to Steph. 
Um, so go check that out as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think, I think when it really opened my eyes to how big and physical NBA players are, I went to the run, uh, Rico's run at UCLA. Rico Hines, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone was there. I mean, Russ, Harden, LeBron, um, everybody. And it's one thing when you're like sitting courtside or you go to a game or you watch a game and like, you know, they look big. But when you're there, when you're like three feet away. Yeah, yeah. Like literally standing on the sidelines. Yeah. I would just sit there laughing like any of these little L.A. fitness dudes would come in here and get their whole shit smacked so quick. Like not just by accident, just like by by Rush no just question. accidentally turning around <laughs> too fast, let alone take a charge from one of these guys. Your whole life would be destroyed. So it always makes me laugh. Like I, these, I was in- <laughs> these guys are much tougher and bigger and stronger than you think. Joey, I was in college in Atlanta and I was we were playing at the run and shoot. That's where I learned this lesson. We were playing at the run and shoot. And there was this one dude in here, yo. He was miles. Like, he was just killing. Nobody could guard. Nobody could do anything with him. He's just bullying everybody. About 6'5", strong. Like, clearly the best player in the gym. And the sports reporter in me afterwards, I'm like, yo, so where you play? This dude said some, like, Division Two school. I was like, we just got bodied by a dude in Division Two. Like, <laughs> what happens if we get a G-leaguer in here, right? Like, what happens? These, the, the, the level they are on is so far and above what normal people are. I understand why we can't even fathom it. Like you kind of got to experience it to really grasp it. You do. You do. It was a privilege. I can acknowledge that. It was a privilege to see that in person because I mean, I don't think that way because I'm five foot two. So everyone is big to me, but <laughs> you know, I, I love like, like hearing how guys like calling them busters and they're not tough. Like, please stop. Just you have no concept of how Yo, big but you got, you got six foot three heart though. You know what I'm saying? You oh, got, people tell me all the time got, when they meet see. me that they're like, I thought you were much taller. Like, I thought you were much bigger than you are. And, and I'm like, yeah, I know. It's because I, I talk shit all day long. So people think I'm bigger, but I will also throw hands if necessary. So it's fine. That's six, why I feel heart, baby. Five yes, to exactly. two frame, six, three heart. Let's go. Speaking of LeBron James, who is normally Superman, has been banged up all season and... I don't make it a habit of picking against LeBron very often anymore, but Lakers fans have this, I think, irrational confidence in the state. (laughs) Hold on. Are you sure? Lakers fans? Are you positive? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out Lakers fans because I'm, I'm relatively new to LA. I've only been here five years, a little over five years. So I'm still kind of uh, absorbing the Lakers fan uh, culture and uh, like every time I poke the bear with Lakers fans, I'm like, oh, oh, like y'all really are not paying attention. Like LeBron, LeBron is, he just rolled his ankle again. And like, I get it. LeBron is never injured because he takes immaculate care of his body, but he has been playing for quite a long time now. We know Anthony yeah, Davis yeah. is, is yeah. fragile. So that's not even worth discussing. I don't know that I see the Lakers being healthy all the way through to the finals. Is that like, is that fair? Because no, I feel that's like I'm this reaction, like that's the Lakers are healthy fair. right now. I'm like, they're not, they're not healthy. Well, I will tell you this. I ain't falling for LeBron. I feel like it's a banana in a tailpipe. Like really? this, this dude, man, playoff LeBron, I've, I've seen it too much. Like, oh yeah, that part, his, that part, yeah. He busted yeah. his head on the camera. He had cramps. Like the, the dude is going to perform in the playoffs. Anthony Davis, though, <laughs> Anthony Davis is one of them, like, is he, th- here's why it's different. He's never that missed a playoff game, though. 
He's never missed a playoff game, but he has been limited in playoff games, right? He has, you could see him not kind of perform, whereas LeBron's going to perform. The, the part that's troubling is they're coming from the back of the pack. This is not like one seed, we could chill. Like they might have to get through the Warriors, you know, Phoenix, the Clippers, right? Like Utah, like this won't be easier. And then you end up playing, playing Brooklyn in the finals, right? right? Like this ain't, this this road is different. But like, for me, this feels like a setup. This feels like a setup. LeBron's going to win a championship and then he's going to call it the toughest road in NBA history. <laughs> it will be though. It bubble. will be though. I'm saying like, how can no you say seven not, seed, right? No seven seed has ever won an NBA saying, championship. Like, this, this is set up for LeBron to do that. Like, I feel like, especially out here in the Bay, everybody's like, I don't know. Uh-oh, Steph's going to drop 60. And it's like, listen, <laughs> I, I just got to see LeBron limp off the court in the playoff. I just got to see it to believe it. This dude is like, he's, he's superhuman. I'm with you because he always does it. I'm just, and maybe it's not even that I'm nervous about LeBron. It, it, it might be Anthony Davis and, and the rest of the team. And it's because they are now in the, in the playing game um without lebron and ad out there that is making me nervous because the it's a long road to the finals it's a, like, yeah that's that's where you own it like this is no think about it their first round series is phoenix it's not like some like like hack of a franchise it's not like memphis you know what i'm saying or the warriors where if you just stop steph you're gonna win right like it's not right. that it's phoenix it's chris paul who probably the hungriest dude in the nba right like it's a team that's really well constructed, got size, can play for, like that's your first round opponent. Like this year's you, you you're not wrong for worrying about LeBron. It's just that I've I feel like I feel like somebody's playing me. I feel like Ashton Kutcher's <laughs> about to jump out somewhere. Like, ah, you thought you thought LeBron was it's not see, so much LeBron. I know yeah, what you get a, from a. Anthony Davis. And I don't I like with LeBron, I'll say it this way. I don't trust A D. Obviously, we can't trust the the rest of the squad without LeBron or AD out. Oh, there. you're not so, riding with Andre Drummond? Is that what you're saying? You saying what? Andre Drummond ain't the answer? I'm with I mean, you. they're in, the, they're in the playing game for a reason. <laughs> they're in the playing game for a reason. So, I mean, that's what it is. So, I mean, I'm sure Lakers fans don't feel good if LeBron and AD can't be out there for a series with their their chances. So, if if LeBron has to carry them having coming off of a season where he was injured for, you know, out for 27 games. That's the concern that, is that a I concern. have. That, and he might have to, though. That's the problem. He might literally have to say, all right, y'all get on my back. And the whole point of AD was for him to not have to do that. Right? I don't so know why. Like, I, why does anybody think that? I don't, I, I still can't figure that out. And and I, lo- I like AD a lot. He's obviously a great player. But why no, does anyone... Okay, but he's always injured. What what about <laughs> like I, I don't I hate when we go against like an actual facts. I'm very logical person. I do a lot of illogical because I can't help myself, but I do like to like evaluate things from an actual fact basis. Like what is what is this? What is this? Anthony Davis is always hurt. So why why where did the narrative come from that like AD was gonna like take over the Lakers from LeBron? Yeah, I don't. He's just not an A one dude. No, like he's 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 not an A one dude that's gonna get you a championship, right? He, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing there's, wrong there's, with that. There's, there's all kinds of players that aren't that. that that are all time greats, but like that's yes, not no what question. he is. No that's question. Not- Clay Thompson is the same way. Clay Thompson might be the best, like second player of all time. Like you give Clay Thompson a team, you'll be a good team. 
right? But you're not when you're not he's not gonna carry you to a title. It's just not his game. AD is kind of the same way. Uh, and if LeBron's got to do that and be like, remember when in the finals when they're playing the Warriors and he's dropping like forty point triple doubles and it don't even matter. Like if he's got to play like that for them to win, then then I have a, then I have a concern. But that team, they are pretty deep and they're athletic and they're 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 veterans. They they do have experience. So in the end, it, he might not have to do so much. But if he does, and look, high ankle sprains is not an ankle sprain. This is a different monster. Like, this is a – he should sit out for two weeks. Uh, well, he kind of did. But he might need to sit out for two more weeks, right, to get it, to get it together, especially if he did really retweak it uh, in the finale. But I, I just can't – you, I just can't buy it. Like, Anthony Davis is the concern. The moment I say, uh-oh, watch out for LeBron, is the moment he's going to drop the 50-point triple-double and, and I'm going to look like an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, I've, been here. I've been here before it's fair I, I i understand your apprehension so let's go to the east i've i've loved the nets um i'm i'm a story person so i like uh, the heat are my team but i can appreciate a great story and i also am way into player oh so you into the first round there let's go oh heat yeah bucks baby Oh, he, yeah, uh, Heat are definitely winning that series. 100%. If y'all take, if y'all take Giannis Hart on this one, like this is like his whole legacy oh, I can't is wait. on the line. I can't wait. Giannis nah. must win this series. He must win this He's, series. Giannis is going to win this series. I, I got to believe this dude is too great to lose to the Heat in the first round. I do not. I gotta I'm, believe I'm just it. saying that because <laughs> But the net story I love. I, I love KD. Um, I, I didn't really like Harden's game, but I love it with the Nets. And I think Kyrie gets just like way more hate than is necessary. I, I, I think that the whole experiment is so interesting, but it does concern me because I fell for the Clippers last year. And I don't know that them having that little amount of time together in the regular season will translate to a long playoff run. Like I think they'll roll through the first two series just because they do have that much talent, but seven games together, yeah. and you get into a, you get into crunch time in a game six or seven against a team that has chemistry and has been there before. How much does that play in to you? Yeah, it's huge. I, I'm with you. Like, and then after the Clippers lost, what were they saying? Like, we didn't get that much time together. Right. But that's, that's literally what they pointed to. I, I'm with you. I actually didn't think this would work with Brooklyn. <laughs> I didn't you think. didn't? I didn't. I, I didn't. I felt like they got too many dudes who go ISO. And the difference is I didn't know James Harden would be this James Harden, right? Like he he basically decided to be a completely different player. It was like, all right, I'll play this way, which is incredible. And that's why I believe in this team because KD could play whatever way, right? And the, the part that you don't have with Milwaukee, that you don't know if you have with Philly, is you need a closer, and them dudes got three of them. <laughs> like, it's almost not fair. Like, if you played the best defense of your life, what you hold them to, 115? Like, that, that, that's, that's why it's not fair. I, I do think – see, if, if Miami – Miami is a scary team that you don't want to face. Uh, but I, I wonder if they, if they did make it, they probably – Jimmy Butler's probably going to be out of gas, right? Like, we saw him gassed in, at the end. Because, again, they need that second dude who could, like, take over. Maybe Bam uh, is, is, is ready for that next level. The team I could see giving them problems is Philly. Yeah. Just because they can counter 
You don't. You can't beat Brooklyn at their strength. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Like this is James Harden. But Kyrie Philly and can KD. be physical. Philly can counter it. They's like, all right, you gonna be on the perimeter. We about to, we about to bully you down low. They, they yeah. could literally do that. So they at least have a strength against Brooklyn. Is it enough? I don't know. I, I know KD is hungry, right? And KD got a lot to prove. And I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be voting against KD in these environments, right? Where, he, like, he, he got, he's got to win a championship. He's got to. He literally left the dynasty, so you know he's his whole name is on the line. And the dude scores like a point a minute, right? Like it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> how he just rolls out and gets seven. That team is so scary to me. Like, I don't know how you guard them. You got to hope that Kyrie is distracted, that James Harden tires out, right? <laughs> and somehow gets, you know, PTSD and thinks he's got Eric Gordon around him again and starts chucking, right? Like, he's like, yo, back at Houston. But then you still got to deal with KD. That, that, I don't know. I don't know how you deal with that. I literally did not believe in this team. I was like, this is not going to work. It's too much. And See, then I, they go I thought it was going to work. I thought it was going to work when it was just KD and Kyrie because I, I, yes. I felt like I, because KD was injured for as long as he was, everyone forgot who Kevin Durant is, which is like out of sight, out of mind. It's understandable. There's a lot going on. We got phones. We're very distracted. But people would talk about Kevin Durant like he wasn't Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I kept saying, Kevin Durant is going to come back and be just as good as he was when he left. If you forgot how good he was before he got injured, go back and watch some tape. Just um, go watch that finals and when he got <laughs> like, hurt. Like they, what are you talking over. about? <laughs> he is he he is he's the second best player on the planet when he's healthy. Period. Period. So if he and he's a winner, he's proven that. Whether you want to give him credit to Golden State or whatever, nah, I'm not getting he, into that. That dude's a winner, man. It's, he's like, a winner. That dude's a winner. So yeah. him and I liked it when it was him and Kyrie. I was with you. I didn't know how hard it was going to work, and I'm very impressed with what he's done. Especially just, since he made the move from the club, right? Like, <laughs> like, he, like Harden's in the club with the yeah. baby and all this, and I'm like, this dude ain't about no unselfish life. But he he completely proved me wrong. <laughs> oh, I hate it. He shut me up because I hated the way he left Houston. Hated it. Hated it. I thought it was, and I'm not like a secret self relationship person, but I just thought it was super unprofessional. Like, what are you doing? And on top of that, we're in a we're we're in a pandemic. We're in a Patricia. Like, this is not this is not what we're doing. Yeah, but I'm a big Stephen Silas guy. That's my homie. So I felt I felt really bad for Stephen yeah. Silas. It, it's I think we've all moved on from it collectively, but it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. So okay, so who, before I let you go, then who is who do you think has the most, what player has the most pressure on them going into this NBA postseason? I, I think it starts with Giannis. Like, this is literally <laughs> his career. <laughs> I mean, think if he loses, can you imagine if he loses to Miami, not in the, not in the East finals, in the first round, like off, it was like the basketball gods are like, Nah, we're gonna run this back. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna run this back. Like I feel like he is under tremendous pressure. And Miami is so tough because it's culture, man. Like it's not even just like players, it's culture. It's like you put in guys like Tyler Harrow and you know Duncan Robinson, who probably anywhere else ain't this good. But once they get into the culture, like you going against a culture, a legacy, like that's 
that's tough, man. It's the same with the Warriors, right? Like, even though they aren't that good, you start getting into the system. And if you ain't on your game, they're going to torch you because they've been doing it for so long. For them, it's a mastery, right? Like, so, like, Giannis got to prove himself out the gate. Like, that's kind of hardcore, <laughs> right? So, I, I'm putting him one. Now, if he gets past it, then it's like, all right. But for him, it's finals or nothing, right? He's got to make the finals. You know what? Uh, we, I feel like I say that every year. And every year they don't. And but he got Drew now. They gave him some help. He got Drew Holiday, you know. And look, I actually think more of it is on Mike Boonhoser than Giannis. Like, oh, this dude's yeah. got him. He's... Like, he's getting the pass, like, out of this world. But, like, look, maybe he plays Brooklyn East Finals. He puts up a good show. And Katie, like, beats him in the end. Like, that's respectable. Like, he just, he can't, like, there's no L for him. Like, what? I mean, there's no, like, fall off for him. It's, like, got to be, make the finals or at least impress the hell out of us because you've done everything else, right? And that's a lot of pressure. Like, who, like, who, like, LeBron has already done it all. Steph, nobody, like, Steph, people know who he is. Like, you know, KD, people know who he is. Like, maybe Harden. Harden has some pressure. Uh, oh, you know who's number two on my list? I'm glad you, two on my list, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the greatest point one of probably he's my MVP this year. Yeah, he's one of the great point guards of of a generation for sure. Definitely all time. And he just needs this one piece. Like he's he's gotta like he needs it. He's hungry. Dude had basically a 50, 40, 90 year. Like hungry Chris Paul is, is gonna be a problem. But a lot is riding on it. If he could take Phoenix. And maybe he doesn't need to make the finals, but just further to what they're supposed to go, right? He needs something major. They might get the Lakers in the first round. <laughs> this is why, look, you come out here trying to say you gangster. The basketball guys are checking for your heart. Like, yo, Giannis, oh, Giannis, you nice? All right, heat first round. Oh, Chris <laughs> Paul, you, re- you really got Phoenix ready? All right, go ahead. You get, you get LeBron first round, right? You know, uh, hey, 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 uh, uh, Clippers, you, you trying to duck the Lakers? All right, we're going to give you Dame, who you was talking head to last year, right? The Clippers, <laughs> to me, uh, I'm salty at the Clippers because I don't like when teams that I don't traditionally root for make me look like a liar. And I was like, no, the Clippers got it because I love Kawhi. So I'm like, the Clippers got it. They got it figured out. Um, and they did not. And so now I'm like, I, I don't I, <laughs> I probably overcorrected. But that move to dock the Lakers, they better do some winning. You don't bounce back from that. I don't know. I like that move, yo. I like self-awareness, Joy. Listen. I don't I don't hate it. I like, I like it. Like, I like strategy. Can you, but all like, I'm saying is you better win now. Yeah, no, you got you can't you can't be struggling. Like what with would the you do if what happens if you if you lose in the first round? Yeah, Them you can't you, forever. But what so what's worse, I guess, them losing like to Portland in the first round or losing to the Lakers in the first round? I think losing to Portland in the first round is probably worse. yeah. Yeah, at least it would be the Lakers, right? Because I, at least I, I you, right now, right now later. you're already you're already baby bro to the Lakers. So, you know, if it goes seven games or whatever and it's close and you know, like that, like I mean, if you get swept by the Lakers or something like obviously that's terrible, but if you duck the Lakers and then you lose in the first round, ooh, no. Yeah. Either way, you if you lose in the first round, that team get blown up. I, at what point does Kawhi, like, man, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be a good look. 
I like um, that. Smart move, Clippers. Don't don't be trying <laughs> to be too tough and jump it already in the first round. You don't want to see LeBron in the first round. Build build up some momentum. Get your lives together, and then save them. Like I'm I'm. I like that move. That was that was strategy right there. It's, it, this chess, it ain't checkers. Luck favors the prepared. I don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? All I'm this saying is, is now you better win. Like you, you better not get, you better not fall apart. Even if let you make it past you, the Joy. first round, you better not fall apart in the second round. Joy, you, let me tell you, they, they bet Dame, but they bet not lose to Dame. I'm gonna be in these streets, boy. Ooh, <laughs> they bet the town about to be so. They bet not lose to Dame. That's all I gotta say. You better not lose to Dame because whoo. Oh, you know, Oakland dudes are already out of control anyway. Can you imagine if Dame pull us Oh, we about to go nuts. Do not lose to Dame. That's my message to the Clippers. Do not very, lose to I'm Dame. I'm very excited for this. Uh, I'm ex- I think I'm more excited for this NBA postseason than one that I have been in a while, just because it feels like every team is flawed. Even the quote-unquote super teams with the Lakers and the Nets are coming in with very significant uh, questions about what they are capable of when going all the way through the playoffs into the finals. And that makes it fun because fans are always screaming and hollering about super teams and parody and it's not fair. Well, this year there, you got it. You got, you what got you it. Want. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got, what you, got you, you got, everybody has a flaw. It's anybody, every, everyone has an opportunity, even with the playing game, you got the Lakers and the Warriors in the playing games. So you can, are you a playing that, game fan hollering. by the way? Where are you standing on playing? It. it's a little you know it's a little college-y um <laughs> but but i think it i think it gives people um it gives a few more fan bases some hope which i think is good yeah. for the, which i think is good for the business side i was watching the basketball. king's game late in the season and it mattered you know the last time that happened the king's game late in the season i was like yeah. look at the kings out here playing their little hearts out <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i think i think that matters i think it helps the business side of basketball especially because the nba season regular season is long and you know there's a it gets tedious and every game doesn't matter here and there um so i think it i think it prolongs how long to your point teams who are on the fringe are playing hard to get into the play-in tournament. I mean, it sucks for a team like the Lakers, but them's the breaks. Like if the rest of your squad yeah, was just good without the, the stars, then they would they would not be in the situation. So that's the problem. Um, the problem is if the Lakers beat the Warriors, right? Which is very likely. And then like, you know, Steph tweaks his ankle or Draymond tweaks his ankle in the in the next game and the Warriors lose. And now they're out and you missed out on one of the the big draws. Like that that happened playing gonna be done like we're like yeah no nah, we're not doing this again well i mean i don't know i don't know what the warriors because it, I, no one really expected much from the warriors yeah but year. if you can get Steph in the, the playoffs, late, if you can it's a bonus yeah, but i don't yeah. know that the i don't know that the warriors losing this year would kill it if the if that happens to the lakers if though the, yeah it's imagine it's that like Steph goes off of 60 no it's and my worst LeBron tweaks his ankle against memphis and they somehow get upset it's it's a, it's, a, it's a significant fear it's the same anxiety because look I, at the end of the day um you know i'm all for the people and you know i don't, I don't support the man but the man does pay my bills and i don't, <laughs> I don't want an nba postseason with no lebron that is not what anybody wants i'm sorry <laughs> so yeah, nah, i like nah. it's it's that feeling like when remember when Jacksonville was in the AFC Championship game? <laughs> yeah, I like boy. It's like, what are we doing here? When I tell you Jacksonville better lose this game, 
better lose this game. We cannot have a Jacksonville Super Bowl. No disrespect to Jacksonville, but that's just not enough. That's not enough eyeballs. It's okay. the 48 the, market in the, the, in the number of 48 market. That's not really be good. Just can't be that good. So um, yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta make sure the Lakers are in. So I'm with you. If the Lakers somehow some couple bad breaks, they, this, and they this don't thing get in, over. Well, if LeBron don't like it that much, then maybe he should, you know, limp off the court and really end the play in game. Then maybe he should be like, you know what? Ah, my ankle <laughs> I'm out. And then just kill the whole play in thing. Oh, that nah, he can't do that. He can't do that. But that he got to get a championship. He got to get a champion. Like he. So I don't know that there's any. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe this is bad read by me. But because every team is so flawed, if the Lakers didn't win a championship this year, I don't know that it would hurt. No, it wouldn't hurt. But no, nah, he wants to be able to say, I have no, he wants to. No, he, of course he wants to. Yeah. Oh, he no, wants he, to, but I don't think it would anyone will hold it against him because it's just like nah, it's, it's he's one LeBron. of those seasons. Anybody yeah. talking crazy about LeBron, just haters. Like this dude has already proved everything. Also, I don't know that they would hold it against the Nets either because there's been so many injuries. It's a very unique year. Like normally there's a clear-cut favorite, and if everyone's mostly healthy throughout the season, it's like, all right, pressure's on, you got to do this. This year, if it was a, a more random team or a lower seed that won the championship, it's kind of similar to last year. Uh, I don't know that everyone would really freak out like that. Like, nah. I don't think it's going to be one of those. It's a years. shortened season, too. It's all condensed, right? We've had a yeah. lot of injuries. Like, yeah, we'll we'll look back on this as a just a weird part of the whole pandemic stretch. No yeah, I think it'll be it. it'll be a, a bit of an outlier season. You're just trying to set it up so Miami wins it. I see what you're doing. You ain't slick. Miami in the finals. Uh, I know what's going to happen. I know what you're saying. I feel you. I peep game. <laughs> you and you and you Don is Haslam. I stare. I know. You watch hey, who talking crazy to to you Don is Haslam though? Like why why are you why do you hate yourself? <laughs> I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I'll just be like, hey, hey man, it's very nice to meet you, sir. It's not, not a logic, it's I'm not, not a logical approach. I'm not fooling with that dude. It's not something I would recommend. Not that's that's self-hatred right there. That's the real self-hatred. Lost, lost souls out here. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow him on social media, on Twitter, Thompson Scribe. Check out his many books and uh, articles for The Athletic. Uh, get out and get some sun today. I know it's nice oh, up there in the bay. Going, oh, it's about to go down in the street. You too, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get out and get some lunch or something, but it's sunny every day in uh, Southern California, you know? Hey, we, we, live, got the, a, we, live, we live the good life down here. We got a floss for, you know, the rest of the nation who don't know about this Cali weather. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got we got to troll them. It's it's beautiful outside. We about to well, get outside. Well, I mean, it's May. It's May eighteenth. It's pretty nice everywhere now. Yeah. So save it for December is what you're saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Flex when like half the country is in snow and sleet. That's yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm about to hit so these streets though. Thanks for thank having you me. So I appreciate much for it. Coming on. Appreciate it. Enjoy the playoffs. Anytime you need me, let's do it. With it. With it. What's up, Heller? What am I winning or quitting today? What's going on, Joy? It's playoff time. Well, actually, it's play-in time. The playoffs start on the 22nd. I've got my uh, 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 intramural championship from my junior college shirt on because that's really the level of playoffs that we're at right now. Um, But the play-ins are going to be dope. 
got Braun versus Steph is the clear headliner, but there's also at least one more game of rookie LaMelo. There's some Jason Tatum versus Westbrook uh, and Beal action if you're into that sort of thing. And after that, the playoffs start. And this year, more so than ever, there is no obvious champion. Joy, the Clippers will beat the Nets for the title. Win it or quit it? Mm, no, I'm going to DC, I'm I did like a that. little. I was like, a, I've been watching too many TikToks reposted on IG. And when I delivered it, I did a little gun thing anyway. I, you don't uh, think so? I, I don't think so. No, I don't think I'm not picking the Clippers. No, I'm not making that mistake again. But let's go through my picks right now. Uh, okay. Let's let's do that. All right. Okay, so obviously you mentioned start with the play in tournament, which is the playoffs. OK, I know everyone's being very cranky about the play in tournament. I think it's fun. It's extra basketball. Who cares? It's Stop fun. being whiny babies about everything. It's fun. Um, so let's start with the first game, Indiana and Charlotte. Indiana wins. Um, then Boston and Washington. I think Washington wins. Oh, Golden State Lakers. I'm going to go with the Lakers. Uh, Memphis, San Antonio. I'm going to go with Memphis. Okay. So. The Lakers will be facing the Suns. Golden State will be facing Memphis. I think Golden Again. State beats Memphis to We're move in. on to the playoffs and play the Jazz. They will then lose to the Jazz. The Lakers, uh, Los Angeles Clippers, okay. and Dallas. Now we know that the we know that the uh, yeah, but it's it's to the the, the first the, the one seed for a reason, and it's you believe we believe part two. Okay, well plus we I'm, got Steph Curry. All right. You know, Steph Curry. I'm going to go with the Jazz. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I think it'll be a nice series, but I'm going to go with the Jazz. Uh, yeah. Clippers, Dallas. Clippers better win this series, considering what they've pulled at the end of the season to avoid the Lakers. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Clippers. Okay. Denver, Portland's. I'm going with Portland's. I'm going to go with Portland's. I know. I like I know that. It's edgy. No, I like it. But I'm going to go with Portland. And then Phoenix, Lakers, unfortunately. The Cinderella season for Phoenix comes to an end. I don't think they have enough for LeBron James. The Lakers do not lose to Phoenix in the first round of the playoffs. LeBron James has never lost a first round series. He is okay. not going to start with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. So in the East, all right. Uh, Indiana. And... Actually, wait, wait. Sorry, real quick before you go. Wait, just wake me up before the East is over. Okay. Oh, uh, very yeah. funny. Very funny. Washington moves on to play Brooklyn the two seed Indiana and Boston play and Boston is going to move on. To All play right. Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Then, then Philadelphia smokes Boston, obviously the Knicks and Atlanta Knicks move on to the second round. Milwaukee, yeah. Miami, Miami moves on. Giannis got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Philadelphia wipes Washington they play New York because New York has beaten Atlanta. Philadelphia, yep. unfortunately, is going to end the Knicks' Cinderella run and beat the New York mm. Knickerbockers. Miami mm. has just taken down Giannis. They face Brooklyn. Unfortunately, my Miami Heatles <laughs> do not have enough for Brooklyn, so Brooklyn moves on. In the okay. West, Utah has beaten Golden State. I am sorry. We believe ends there. Whatever. The Clippers move on. We'll see. Clippers beat Utah yes. in the second round. Yes, they do. Portland loses to the Lakers in the second Yet again. round. Yet again. So it. we finally get the Battle of Los Angeles Ooh, in the Western Conference Finals. Last year. Clippers, Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. 
We have Nets and Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is the NBA dream, and I think we will realize it. The Brooklyn Nets will beat the 76ers. And? And the Los Angeles Lakers will make it to the NBA Finals. I don't think so. I am not betting on the Clippers. It is not happening. So I am picking the two favorites because I am extremely boring, but that is what I am going to do. I'm going to go with the stars. Now, however... However, it's not chalk though because they're low ass seeds. I they are they are. Uh, well, not, well, well Brooklyn but, isn't, but yeah, um, yeah, two, but, but still. the Lakers are. However, low. I do not think that the Lakers will be healthy enough at that point. Okay. In the NBA playoffs. Got you. So I am going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. I know it is crazy. They haven't played together enough. I'm very nervous about it. I say all of this with zero conviction whatsoever. However, if I am right, I will brag. That is how I do. So that's bong, bong. that's what's happening. I'm going to yeah. go with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I just think they have too much, and they've got championship pedigree on that team, and um, they are starting to get healthy, whereas the Lakers are just now recovering uh, gotcha. from that, and they're older, and Anthony Davis is always injured. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets, LA like Lakers. It. It's what the NBA is dreaming of. I'm going to speak it into existence. Um, and I feel good. I feel good about yep. it. That's what I think is going to happen. Nice. I think the, the injury sort of diminishment storyline made your whole thing more plausible, brought a personal element to it. So I like that. And I think a similar thing is going to happen just where the, the Nets have a, just run into some tough games in the East. And by the time they get there and the Clippers somehow breeze through the West, same, 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 but different, but also same, same. So you're going with Nets Clippers. Yep. Clippers. Clip City, Chip City, and that's mostly just because I work with Marcellus and it would benefit me directly greatly <laughs> for the Clippers to win. At least we can admit our biases. Yeah, for sure. Like, you got the Heat doing some crazy stuff, and I got the Clippers winning it all because it'll benefit me the most directly. Listen, other, other than the and, Warriors, which seems, you know. The Heat are a bad unlikely. matchup for the Bucks, and, me and Marcus, me and Marcus talked about it earlier. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Giannis in that series. I know it's a different team than it was last year. They have Drew Holiday, who I love. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. All right. What else okay. we got going on? Okay. All right. Keeping it on the court. Uh, somebody has to win NBA MVP this season. Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. No one uh, with a vote seems very stoked about it. And only guys with a hometown favorite, such as myself, are really even talking about it. Uh, LeBron and Joel. LeBron and Joel fell out literally of the race uh, via injury and no one else has been able to make a convincing enough argument to be the clear favorite joy Steph Curry will win MV- NBA MVP for the third time with it or quit it you know what I'm saying <laughs> uh, I'm gonna quit it oh. they're not gonna give it to Steph he's not a high enough seed um I don't think that that really should matter Steph okay. is 1a to me I think that okay. Chris Paul is actually the MVP I respect that. He won't win it either, but they are the two most valuable players this year. I understand everyone thinks I'm hating on Jokic. I'm not. Jokic is having an incredible season. He is not the most valuable player, however. Also, uh, last I checked, the Nuggets are a three seed. So Chris Paul's team is actually better, and he's the reason for them being better. I hate yep. how the NBA MVP is done in all elements. The criteria well, changes every single year. When yes. they announce it is stupid. It's uh, <laughs> it, the whole thing has just become a complete circus. And I wish that they would find a way like announce the NBA MVP today. Today. Right. 
Like right. we have play-in games. We can talk about the playing games and we can discuss who was the best throughout the regular That's season. Great point. When you announce it after the season is, the whole season is over, it's like- who, You missed the window. You missed the window. Nobody cares anymore. And if that team got bounced early, it means it makes it look even more silly Bounce. because yep. then people are counting in, in the postseason, which they shouldn't do because it's a regular season award. The whole no, thing they is, do that. The whole thing is Forcing. silliness. Um, I, th- I think Steph's had an incredible season. It's my favorite season of his career. And too. I, I have an immense amount of respect for him. I'm just giving it to Chris Paul because the Suns have been a dumpster fire forever and they are no longer that. They are the two seed in the West. Yep. So I think that that deserves an immense amount of, uh, of acknowledgement. And I think Chris Paul's gotten his flowers for sure, but he is he's deserving of the MVP this year, even though he's not going to win it. Yep. Um, I, I like those answers as well. Uh, Chris Paul uh, somehow went to Oklahoma City and became a really likable player. I don't know how he did that exactly, but he went to OKC. He was great. Now he's with with uh, Phoenix and he's great. So he, he's won me over. I mean, he used to be a real cantankerous asshole. I think that's probably redundant. I think cantankerous probably implies assholedom. But like he used to be a real bastard guy to play against. And now he's seems like a wonderful ambassador for the NBA. And so I had a full Steph Curry defense expecting you to sort of like go hard against him, but you went one a, so like, I'm, I'm totally fine with that, but I just, I just want to throw this out there lightly, lightly to you. See what you think. If there was no play in, which I, I like the play in, I think it's great this year. And I think probably there's a way to continue it even outside of pandemic times. The play in, I think robbed Stephen Curry of an actual shot at the MVP because we're talking about that as opposed to him dropping like 48 or 46 in his last game to clinch the eighth seed and make the playoffs. And I think like if he, if he, if we had gotten to feel the full storyline of him and this, you know, uh, the rookies out, uh, Katie's gone, Clay's hurt, Clay's replacement, Kelly Oubre is hurt. Like, uh, Damian Lee got COVID a second time. Like it's been gnarly. And I think that storyline could have pulled through if there weren't all the other planned storylines to distract from it. It's not really so much a complaint as just an observation. Maybe, but I still think that the voters would have had a really hard time voting for an, an eight seed on an yeah. eight seed, regardless of the circumstances mm-hmm. and how impressive it is That's that they true. even are an eight seed. I think the voters would still, still struggle with that. Um, now that's like the reason that they are an eight seed is Steph Curry. But I just don't think it that's high. Got it's in high there for them. Yeah. Got in there, sort of. Got to win one of these two games to really get in. Because like mean, I the said. the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. There are plenty of teams who are home and their season is over and the Warriors season is not the over. The plans so. aren't the playoffs, technically, according to the NBA. But that's just a little. They're in the postseason. How's that? Nailed it. Nailed it. What's up, Donnie? What's going on? High key, low key. What's up? All right, high key. The 2021 NBA regular season is over, which means it's award season. Time to hand out some regular season awards. Low key, you've already given your MVP and win it or quit it, but who is your pick for rookie of the year? Oh, rookie of the year is definitely LaMelo Ball. Um, I'm going to brag on myself. Uh, if I may, I may, because it's my podcast and I do what I want. Brag away. Um, yes, I was very, 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 very right about LaMelo Ball. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of skepticism surrounding Lamelo Ball. 
a lot of, oh, you know, his dad and this, that, and the other. And Lamelo's awesome. And I knew he would be awesome. And I called it like four years ago. And there's a couple things I've been super duper right about in my career. The Toronto Raptors winning with Kawhi Leonard, called that in the preseason. He's obviously very right about that. No one had the guts. And no one had the guts to say that LaMelo Ball was going to be successful in the NBA. And he wasn't, uh, he wasn't just good. He was great. He's obviously rookie of the year. And I'm excited about what he's going to be able to do for that franchise. And yeah, I'm super right. All right. I don't count when I'm super wrong, but I was super right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone should know, and they do now. <laughs> Who is your most improved player of the year, Joy? Most improved player is Julius Randle. I mean, look at what the Knicks are doing. Yeah, Four seed in the East. Uh, they're back, and he's having an incredible season. Uh, he's a star for that team. He's the juice of that team and I'm happy for him. They're probably going to uh, give him a massive contract, which he certainly earned what that means for the future of the Knicks. I don't know uh, how sustainable this is, but this year, most improved player, he's had an incredible season and he deserves it. All right. Six man of the year. Who you got? Derek Rose. Rose. Wh- what a, I got to give Derrick Rose some credit because there were so many years Derrick Rose did not play basketball. Do you remember yeah. those years where he yeah. definitely didn't play basketball? Like a whole he was, bunch of them. Like definitely getting paid to play basketball, but mm-hmm. didn't actually play basketball. And then while he wasn't playing basketball, he was talking about how he didn't actually want to play basketball because he was worried about what he was going to physically feel like when basketball was over. And that was like seven years ago. But he's completely turned it around. And he has reinvented himself, and he's had a great season He's been crucial for the Knicks run, um, giving the New York Knicks a lot of love right now. But I, I think Derrick Rose has been really impressive. All right. Uh, last category, coach of the year. Who is it? Got to give the Knicks almost a sweep. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. Because, again, I was definitely wrong about Thibs. I was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> How many lives does this guy have? <laughs> and he's actually been perfect for the Knicks. This is what the Knicks are supposed to look like. They're supposed to be a tough gritty team that squeezes every last drop of energy and juice out of its players. And that's what Tom Thibodeau does. Now, uh, how sustainable this is, I don't know. What the ceiling for the Knicks are, I don't know. But then I firmly believe, and I've said this for years, that the NBA is better when the Knicks are competitive. I'm not a Knicks fan, but it's New York City. And it's the biggest brands next to the Lakers and the Celtics in basketball. You can argue with you want, like the numbers say that, <laughs> like that's how much the Knicks are worth. So it's just better for the league when the Knicks are competitive and Thibodeau has fit in perfectly, has created a culture. They're the four C they're not in the playing playing tournament. Like they are legitimately there yeah. and they have an identity. They're fun to watch. It's a little old school. Again, I don't know how far they'll go, but it doesn't matter because they're competitive. And then you've got Knicks fans uh, excited and watching the playoffs with their team in it. That's good. So I, I got to give Thibs some credit. He's done an incredible job. I also think Monty Williams is has been just sensational with yeah, the Suns. But I'm sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a nod to Thibodeau. All right, a New York sweep almost. Knicks are officially back. Yep, so close. All right, next. High key, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame enshrined the 2020 class this weekend, and it included legends like Tim Duncan, Tamika Ketchens, Kevin Garnett, and, of course, Kobe Bryant. Low key, I 
forgot to mention the most surprising of the inductees. Raptors super fan Nav Batia became the first fan inducted into the Hall of Fame. Joy, do you love this as much as I do? I loved it a whole bunch. <laughs> Was he inducted or do they have like a like honoring of him? Because yeah. I saw a couple different things. I, okay, I got to look up exactly what it is. I, and I probably should have done that before I read this prompt. But I, <laughs> what I have seen okay. is that he has his own like display that has like a pair of sneakers of his and a turban and a jersey. And yeah, I saw like picture. Complex yeah. Canada tweeted it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I love it. I think he's got a I ring mean, to go with when it. When I think of NBA super fans, he's probably the first person that I think of. Yeah. Um, he's, he's amazing. And, uh, and I love that. And I, here's what I love about the NBA hall of fame. And by the way, Vanessa's Bryant, Vanessa Ryan's speech was incredible. I mean, yeah. she's just brilliant cried through the entire thing. Um, what I like about the NBA hall of fame, which I didn't used to like, but now I do is well, one, it's not the NBA hall of fame. It's the pro it's, it's a basketball, not even pro yeah, basketball hall of fame. Whole sport. So just basketball hall of fame. Yeah. So it's the whole sport. So they consider your entire basketball resume. For football, there's a college football hall of fame. There's a high school football hall of fame. There's right. a pro football hall of fame. And so there's levels and they only consider what you've done in that respective hall of fame's criteria. And that's not what the basketball hall of fame does. And so to me, it's, it's true to its name. And it also really celebrates being a museum, which is really while being in the hall of fame is obviously an incredible honor. So I don't want to diminish that, but it is to commemorate those who contributed at a high level to the game. And I feel like the Pro Football Hall of Fame is in a different category because it's very, very prestigious. It's very hard to get into. If you're a Hall of Famer, everyone knows you're a Hall of Famer. It's not a debate about whether mm -hmm. you're a Hall of Famer, it's just a matter of when you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. So I'm okay with both kind of formats existing. I, it used to bother me. I'm like, oh, they need to be stricter. But like now I'm like, you know what? No, if you contributed to the game at a high level, you should be in the Hall of Fame. You should get that honor, give people their flowers. And uh, so, so I like that they do that. Yeah, I have not been to uh, either Hall of Fame. I haven't been to the uh, uh, Baseball Hall of Fame either, but um, it sounds like it would be a dope experience. Like it, it is an, a museum. And if, if somebody has a contribution to the sport that is noteworthy, I feel like they should be noted in that museum. It makes sense. Yeah, like don't water it down to the point where anybody gets in. But I, th I think that, you know, when you look at who does get in, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe it was borderline if it was the standards of the NFL Hall of Fame, but these people obviously contributed to the sport. Exactly. All right. Heike, J. Cole had himself a pretty legendary week. He released his sixth album offseason, which is on track to debut at number one on Billboard. And he made his professional basketball debut for the Rwanda Patriots in the Basketball Africa League. Loki Joy, has J. Cole surpassed Master P as the greatest rapper athlete of all time? Well, listen, I've listened to the album start to finish like 10 times already. I love J. Cole. Yes. I love the album. And I love that he's playing in this league. I think it's amazing. But Master P played in some NBA games. Exactly. Preseason. He, but, he did. You know, so until, you, until a rapper makes the, the actual NBA, I think you still got to get the nod to Master P. But uh, J. Cole is a, clearly an incredible athlete. Like yeah, people make, can make jokes about it or whatever, but like, we were just talking to Marcus about it. If you're playing a, a sport at any professional level, you right. are a superior athlete to someone who is not like, mm -hmm. that's just the facts 
them is the breaks. You can be mad about it if you want to, but and hate on it if you want to. But the reality is you're not there and they are. And there is a reason for that. So it's still incredibly impressive. And I love the album. Uh, well, speaking of rapper athletes, uh, we can like reverse it in athlete rappers. Do you have a favorite athlete rapper of all time? I mean, Dame is pretty great. Yeah, uh, really who good. is also featured uh, uh, a soundbite featured on yeah, the samples. album. I th- I mean I guess I gotta go with Dame. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go with Dame. I'm gonna okay. go with Dame. I hear you. Uh, my favorite is I'm gonna go with Deion Sanders. That must be the money song <laughs> is a banger. I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that. <laughs> it's a. It might be, he might be a one hit wonder, but that song just goes so hard. It is so good. And um, special shout out to Shaq, who I think is the best selling uh, athlete rapper of all time. I, I might have to double check that, but I think that's yeah, true. Yeah, Shaq is underrated. Shaq yeah. is underrated. Yeah. All right. High key. People care about what's going on in Jacksonville now. It's pretty weird. Yeah. The football world has been in a frenzy since news broke that the Jags are expected to sign Tim Tebow to a one-year deal with a chance to make the team as a tight end. Loki, does the general public have a point in freaking out over this? Or does Urban Meyer have something unexpected up his sleeve? Yeah, of course they have a reason to freak out over this. And, and you know what's annoying? I keep seeing these articles. And listen, let me start with saying this. I love Tim Tebow, okay? I love his brands. I think he's a sweet young man. Um, and overall he does like a lot of good for society. He's, he's just a nice guy and it rubs people the wrong way. I I guess maybe the, the Jesus stuff back when he was playing or whatever, um, that doesn't bother me at all. Obviously I, I don't, I get why he's polarizing, but in this situation, while I'm here for the chaos, I think it's great because it's just like uh, unbelievable content for us. I mean, who had <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow back to the NFL on their 2021 bingo card? Not me. No. So I'm, I'm here for that part of it, but I don't think it's a good look for him. And I don't think it's a good look for urban. And I don't think it's overall a good idea. Like they're, they're the worst tight ends on the worst team this year is still better than Tim Tebow. Yeah. Like exactly. that's it. That's it's just, it's, you know, that's it. That's a yeah. fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so however much of an athlete he is or how great of shape he is or how competitive he is or gym rat and all that stuff, like this is called what it is. He's urban's guy and urban wants to give him an opportunity. I do think there's something too, and this is very unfortunate. I think there's something to the, the pension because if he plays three more games in uh, this season, yeah. he gets a significant bump in his NFL pension. Cause he'll be a four year vested player. Right. So I think there is something there. It goes from like 19,000 to like 46 or 56,000. Like that's a big difference a, for the rest yeah, of your it's life. A, it's a big jump. Yeah. Um, not that Tim Tebow needs money, but who doesn't need an extra 50,000 every year, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't hurt. So you know, I think there's something to that, which is kind of unfortunate, but overall it's just, it feels very boys club and that's just not what we're doing. That's not what we're endorsing in 2021. And that's it's, professional sports is supposed to eliminate that because it's about winning at the end of the day. So right. whoever is the best is going to get that opportunity. And we're even going to overlook atrocities <laughs> in order to give you an opportunity if you are the best and you're going to contribute to winning. We've seen that. All the so, time, yeah. So to bring in somebody who hasn't played in the league in eight years or seven years, whatever it is, who's never played the position 
other than in high school and early in high school to come in at the professional level, it not, it's well past the stretch, but here's what's, here's what I want people to stop doing because this is what's pissing me off. Stop comparing it to Udonis Haslam. Yeah, that's Udonis uh, Haslam has always played professional basketball. He didn't switch to baseball or soccer. He's played professional basketball. He's played basketball his entire life. The yep. heat keeping him on the team that he has played on his yeah, entire career for an extra year to contribute to the culture of the team that he's played on his entire career is not comparable to Tim Tebow coming out of retirement after playing minor league baseball to come in and try out for a, a position he's never played past freshman year of high school. That is not a fair comparison. It is extremely disrespectful. It's not the same thing as a guy being out of the sport for two years and coming back to play the same position he was playing a year or two before. It's not Marshawn Lynch coming back to play running back again. Like (laughs) that's not the same thing. Tim Tebow has never played this position. If he was coming in at quarterback as ridiculous as that would be. Okay. He's played quarterback terribly in the NFL, but he has played that. You're asking him to play a completely different position at the professional level. And he hasn't even been in the NFL since 2000. What, what is it? 2012. So stop, like compare apples to apples. And, yeah. and there are not many apples to compare to this situation. So overall, I think it's really, it's, it's, it's silly unnecessary. I don't think he's even going to make the team. So I think it's very unnecessary pub. Like it's very gimmicky for no reason. That's what but, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, I just wish people would stop comparing it to situations that, that, are, that are in no way comparable. Like that's, that's silly. It's yeah. very silly. I feel like Tim Tebow would be a perfect addition to the coaching staff. That would have been, that would have made a little more sense to me. That would have had a lot less drama surrounding it. And I feel like if you're having him in for like a culture change or to be an addition to the locker room, have him be your strength and conditioning guy. One of those guys. I feel like he would, he, that, that would be, that would make a lot more sense to him at, at tight end. It feels desperate. Yeah. Agreed. When you don't need to be desperate. Yep. You've got Trevor Lawrence. You've got Urban Meyer, who is a, a, a football genius. You didn't need to add this to your offseason drama. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Myself at Joy Taylor Talks. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartMedia app. Make sure you stay safe and catch us next week and enjoy the NBA playoffs. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.